This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, a checkout flight of a home-built causes a pilot to appreciate stall awareness training. Find out what happens in When Push Comes to Shove by Andy Young. A few years ago, I became interested in buying a Bearhawk, a home-built experimental aircraft very similar to a Maul. With only about 70 completed, finding one for sale is not easy, so when I saw an ad for one I thought I could afford, I jumped at the opportunity to check it out. As an A&P, I performed my own pre-purchase inspection. After a full day of pulling cowls, inspection covers, floors, etc., and doing a thorough checkout, I had a squawk list of about 100 items, some of which were serious safety of flight concerns. This was a plans-built aircraft, and much of the work was appallingly substandard. Still, I wanted one. Didn't think I'd find another, and convinced myself that if I got it for the right price, I might be able to fix the deficiencies and come out ahead. With that in mind, I spent a second day repairing those items I judged to be the minimum required to allow a safe test flight. I went up with the owner for about an hour and found it to be a decent flying airplane. I wanted to do a few stalls, but he was uncomfortable with the idea, claiming that he never ever did them. He said I would have to go up alone if I wanted to complete that portion of the test flight. I landed, dropped him off, and quickly took off again. At about 800 feet, AGL, the engine quit. Prior to this, I had read several articles and blogs about the impossible turn. Opinions and theories about turning back to the runway versus landing straight ahead after an engine failure on departure. As a result, in my previous airplane, a Belanca Scout, I had practiced the maneuver at high altitude over an airport and had noted how much altitude was lost getting turned around and lined back up with the runway. Through my experimentation, I had decided that an aggressive steep turn with a correspondingly aggressive drop of the nose gave the best results. 
I believe it was Barry Schiff who championed that idea in these pages. Based on my trials, I had set my own personal minimum of 500 feet in my scout or similar aircraft for trying to turn back. Below that, I would land straight ahead or perhaps execute a much smaller turn to a landing area. I drilled on the big push, the technique required to prevent a stall when the engine suddenly gives up the ghost in a steep climb. My point in relating all of this is to emphasize that I felt prepared and perhaps was more prepared than most for this potential failure. So what did I do when it actually happened? I forgot the most basic precepts and almost failed. I don't have a clear recollection of what went through my head when the engine quit, but I do know that I immediately began a 180-degree turn back to the runway. I do remember that my heart was pounding, and I was thinking something along the lines of keep it together, don't screw up the downwind landing. This was a tailwheel aircraft. About halfway around the turn, I suddenly noticed the stick was getting very mushy. I instinctively pushed forward on the stick and shot a look at the airspeed indicator. This is the first time that I even thought to do so. When I did, the needle was just about at the bottom. Luckily for me, the forgiving bearhawk wing kept flying long enough to gain some airspeed and complete the turn. The landing itself was uneventful. I spent day three tearing into the airplane to figure out why it quit. It turned out to be an error in the fuel system design. The builder had deviated from the plans, such that it would always run out of fuel anytime the airplane was in a steep climb with less than half full tanks. So what's the lesson? That when push comes to shove, we'll quite possibly fail to do the right thing despite all our training and practice? That's a tempting interpretation, and I thought that way myself for a while, but I think the truth is more subtle. Despite the fact that I almost forgot to allow for the most basic rule of airmanship, keep flying speed no matter what, all that practice had allowed me to recognize the feel of an airplane on the edge of a stall, the mushy stick, and to know what to do, push forward aggressively, to get it flying again. I think this was by then deep in muscle memory, and that's likely what saved me. For me, the real lesson is that the more you practice these maneuvers, the more likely that when you need them, you'll do them just well enough to succeed. Lesson two is not to let an emotional attachment develop that clouds your judgment about an aircraft purchase. With all the problems I found on the inspection, I should have walked away without flying the airplane. Even though I fixed the items I considered most critical, I missed the fuel system design problem, and perhaps others I would have discovered later. Finally, I was prompted to write this after watching a double fatal stall spin after an engine failure during go-around. The pilot could have pushed forward, turned 90 degrees and landed on the crosswind runway. He didn't. Any of us could have made that mistake. Practice these emergency maneuvers until your responses are automatic. When it happens to you, you might not have time to think it through. 
The Never Again Podcast is brought to you by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out FlyQ, AOPA's integrated flight planning software, as well as the many free online training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.